Bowie Jane and Jess Bowen on Babes Behind the Beats and welcome from sunny California. Woohoo! Yep, that is, it's a beautiful day. I have a newfound appreciation, I feel like, for California and the weather. Yeah. You know? Winter in LA is the best. It's just sunny every day. If you go to Mammoth and ski, it's it has a big dump of snow and then it's over, then it's sunny. It's oh amazing. my God, didn't it just like dump there again this weekend or this week or something? I feel like there's a lot of snow. Yeah, they had 10 feet of snow a week ago, 10 feet in three days, and then they've just had another dump last night. So I'm heading up in March, I think. Oh, my God. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah. As you already know, Jess, but the listeners may not be aware that I am now a proud new puppy owner. Well, not puppy, but dog. You are a new dog mom. I know. Billy, I love her so much. (laughs) You, You have to tell everyone all about her so that, like, I mean, she's just the best. She's the absolute best. Well, but I had to prove myself. Within about a two-week period, I think, I then became obsessed with dogs. In the middle of the night, I probably sent you about 400 dogs to the point where you're like, which dog are you getting again? I couldn't re- That's so true. I couldn't remember because then you were like, I'm going to go to see Billy today. And I was like, which one was that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, the one. No, don't remember you sent so many dogs. Yeah. Uh, so I used to have a border collie who has now passed, but in Australia, and my mum and dad looked after her whilst I was living in America. So thank you, mum and dad, for being the best parents to Nash. I eventually passed the process. They do an interview. They do like a, a virtual home tour. Oh my gosh. So they did like a FaceTime with you to show your home? Yep. So I put flowers up, put the <laughs> fire on, I put a plant in the background. It was did so you, funny. Did you get like portraits and pictures of dogs and just hang them everywhere <laughs> and be like, I'm a huge dog lover. I swear I I'm good. <laughs> I didn't. I should have done that. I'd already bought the dog bed. So yeah. I pointed at the dog bed and I was like, here's the dog bed. If I get the dog, that's where the dog's going to be sleeping. You I know the- I was a bit presumptuous pre-buying the bed. <laughs> you put the pressure on them. You're like, Greddy got the bed. You got to give me the dog, guys. <laughs> yeah, it was so fun. And that's the lady great. was so nice. And so then I got the approval and then I picked her up the next day and it was the most terrifying thing. She's um, a cattle dog or maybe she's Bazenji, but I've done the DNA test and that'll be another chin wag. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I went and picked her up and she's super scared and shaking. You basically take them and put them in your car and then I'm like driving home. I'm like, oh, shit. This feels like I've got a newborn and I'm just driving home from the hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was driving so slow, probably going to cause an accident. <laughs> You're like, are you okay back there? Are you buckled yeah. in properly? <laughs> yeah, it was terrifying. But anyway, she's absolutely gorgeous. We put some photos on our Instagram, so have a look. But she's yeah. perfect. I mean, we've been even like doing these outdoor workouts together and you'll bring her and and she just sits in the corner patiently waiting. Literally, you just look over and she's just got her little laying on the ground with her little paws crossed, like all dainty, like a little dainty yeah. dog watching her mom work out, being like, I'm just going to wait till you're done. And like doesn't cause a fuss or anything, doesn't bark, doesn't whine, just sits there looking just like the perfect puppy that she is. The great thing is she doesn't bark. Well, pretty much. So I think she's pretty good mm-hmm. around 
and she was seemed to already be crate trained, so that was good. That's great. Oh, so you didn't have to do any of the like house training, right? Yeah, like the house I think she's like one year old. Or, well, they said eight months, but I feel like she's older. She doesn't. Act There's like no way because she doesn't act like a puppy at all. Like she's no. definitely like a mature woman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's, she's not a, a puppy. Lady, that's right. <laughs> and she loves a little cuddle, and she also loves a bit of a play. Yeah, um, so, and Pepe yeah. and her like when they play, it's so cute because Pepe obviously still is a puppy and has the puppy energy, but it's like he respects her, like he knows, like he gets the energy from her that yeah. she's like, um, like I'm gonna sit here and exist with you, but please do not try to play with me. And then he'll be like, <laughs> okay, I'll just lay with you then. <laughs> That's so true. They just lie side by side, no problem. So it's so cute, like because normally he'll be like when he wants to play, he's aggressive towards dogs. He'll bark at them until they play with him. With Billy, I feel like right off the bat, he was like, oh, she's not gonna play with me, but. I really respect her, so I'm just going to sit here and be chill. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I was so happy. So, yeah, it's been the best, actually. Now, today, also speaking of nothing to do with that again, um, <laughs> was the worst link ever. Speaking of nothing, um, today's guest. <laughs> well, hey, Karina loves dogs, so this was actually a good. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, Karina loves dogs, and we have Karina De Piano on the show, who's a pianist with the last name De Piano. Well. Yes. I mean, I think it is, is De Piano, I would say. I think it's got that Italian touch to it, De Piano. But I mean, she is a keyboardist, so going with De Piano is fitting, I guess. It's just like Martinez and Martinez. <laughs> it's it's just, yeah, it's your it's the Aussie in you, Bowie. It's fine. You were like, De Piano. Why, why do I have the role of introducing the names? Like, why? <laughs> I think it's for my entertainment and for the listeners' entertainment, because it's like you never know what's going what's gonna to come out. And I think that's just very entertaining. So Yeah, Great. And it's all good. It's very endearing. Well, yeah, so she's a musical director and pianist and has done so many. She plays with everyone, right? Yeah, she's played with uh, everyone from, like, um, there's this artist named Wens that I love, but she's been out with, like, Troy Savon. She's done stuff with Miley Cyrus. She's done, uh, you know, all over the board, but, like, a very, very well-known, like, very talented pianist and uh, musical director. So very, very excited to have her on the show. She's our first pianist and musical director. So this is really and cool for her. half Filipino. And she's another fellow half Filipino uh, like myself. So of course, I've got a soft spot for her already. I really want to be best friends with her. Hopefully, Yay. hopefully she'll want to hang out. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be chatting to her next. Hello, it is Bowie Jane here with Jess Bowen for Babes Behind the Beats. And today we have music director and keyboardist Karina DiPiano. Did I say it right? Oops. Yes. yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to blame it on that every time. Well, we're so excited to have you, Karina. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. This is my first podcast. Oh, really? very excited. <laughs> well, we have a lot of firsts for you. You are our first keyboardist, our first musical director. Oh my and God. our first half Filipina, besides me being on it. But you're a lot of firsts as well. I'm so glad. That's awesome. Yeah, we're very excited. Very, very, very stoked to have you. Yeah, so, so you're half Filipino. Is that your mom's side or your dad's side? That's my mom's side. She was born in the Philippines. Um, and my dad was born in Hollywood, but I have Italian heritage on that side. Oh, cool. So you grew up in Hollywood then? I actually grew up in San Diego, but I was born in Santa Monica. So I'm like a true Southern California gal. You're an actual yeah. Cali girl. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's rare though, especially, well, in the music industry, I feel like because we come across a lot of people that obviously migrate to LA for the mm -hmm. industry. So you don't find a lot of people that were like born and raised in, in California. So 
Yeah, it's definitely pretty rare. Yeah. And so you're very well known for being on the keyboard and being a musical director of some really, really big acts. How did you get into the keyboard? Have you been doing this since you were two? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I started playing classical piano when I was six, pretty much studied classically all the way up till 18. And when I was looking to pursue music in college, I was mostly looking classically, but I found USC's pop music program and kind of put all my eggs into that basket and and I got in and that was that. So wow. I, my focus completely switched to pop. I'm really happy to have my classical roots. I think it's given me a really great foundation for what I do now. But yeah, then pop keyboards was the thing. So when you were that young, was that something that your parents were like, do you want to play the keyboard? Were they influencing you to do that? Or did you pick that on your own? Like, how did that? So my mom and her sisters always kind of played piano. And one day she just kind of said, I'm going to take lessons. Do you want to take lessons with me? So we took lessons together. Oh, that's cute. um, When I was really young. And then, you know, she always just tells me that all of a sudden I just got really good. And so she stopped because she didn't want to take lessons with me anymore. (laughs) This is embarrassing. (laughs) But yeah, that was pretty much it. And, you know, my parents continued to encourage me to keep taking lessons, even when I started playing sports and, you know, other middle school and high school things became more important. But I'm really glad I I stuck with it. And I definitely developed a love for it on my own, too. But they definitely, you know, uh, influenced me to keep pushing. And I'm really glad that I did. In high school, were you playing in like like the jazz band or anything like that? Or were you kind of doing it more on the side, like outside of school? I did most of it outside of school when I was like in middle school, I got really tired of kind of being in like our variety shows at school. So I one day asked the music teacher if I could play piano for the band that they hired. And so I kind of started doing that. And then my high school was really sports oriented. So I kind of latched on to whatever music program was there and whoever I could find at my high school. We had a band, but you know, it was fine. Yeah. You were more focused on the sports at the time. I was at the time. Yeah. I had a piano teacher outside of school that, you know, I did like competitions and recitals and that kind of stuff. But music was pretty solitary for me for a while. I like tried to start a band with a couple of my best friends. Did you find the same type of people? Were they people you played sports with or just people you were in class with that you had tried to start a band with? People I tried to start a band with were literally my two best friends. One of them kind of played guitar and the other one also kind of played guitar and sang. And then, you know, I played piano. And so we kind of made it work. It wasn't really important to any of us, but it was just an excuse for us to like play music together and spend time together. So I wouldn't really say I took it like too seriously. I definitely took my classical training way more seriously. Yeah, so with the band, were you having to play pop music, I guess? You're not playing classical in the band, obviously. No, no. We, yeah, that was kind of one of my door openers to pop music. I kind of did some stuff. I loved playing like Elton John and Stevie Wonder as a kid, like on my own. And eventually I started bringing some pieces I really liked of theirs to my classical teacher. And I said, hey, hey, at the next recital, like, can I arrange this Elton John song and then play it at the end of my like Bach and Beethoven? And she uh, let me do it. And I will forever be grateful for that because I know a lot of people who had classical training. Their teachers were really strict and didn't let them do sports and didn't let them play other kinds of music. And I owe it all to my teacher who was super flexible with that and just let me experiment. My parents really wanted me to do sports because that was such a a much more social environment, whereas classical piano, you know, it's just you and the piano. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really glad I had kind of those two worlds, you know, separate but meshing together to kind of give me a unique experience. In, in high school. So you've decided to do USC's pop music program and how did you know about that and why did you want to do that particular program? There's obviously a few programs you can do, but why yeah. pop 
I had always looked at USC for their classical program. I had a friend who went to the pop music program and like looking back, it felt like a whim thing because I had like studied all these classical programs and really knew what I needed to do for each school. And I was on that classical train. And then all of a sudden I was like, eh, maybe I'll apply to this pop thing because I love pop music and I, I think it's fun to play. I mean, it's just crazy to look back and think like just deciding to go to that program. Like, yeah. you know, changed everything for me. For a pop music degree, do you need to have some sort of pop background or there? Like, how do you get into the courses? Because I'm Australian, so I'm not really sure how it works. Yeah, definitely. They lean on proficiency in an instrument, but half the kids that apply are also singer-songwriters. Yeah, so okay. I think they kind of just look for like a well-rounded person who wants to pursue music and maybe has an emphasis in a certain instrument or writing. And there's a production major as well. But I've already been out for four or five years now, so things are changing. <laughs> yeah. So wait, real quick, is it like an audition type process then to get into that school? Or is it more? Yeah, yeah. So you're auditioning. Yeah, it's a full audition. You have to apply to the college as if you were not doing music and then you have to do a separate musical audition a pre-recorded video and then if they like you there then you would go in person too wow and specifically like my usc audition i applied for classical and pop because i'm crazy (laughs) and i drove up from san diego to usc and at like 3 p.m i had my classical audition and i wore like you know a black dress with little heels (laughs) and like made sure i had no nail polish on and like the whole thing and then i like ran over to the other side of the music campus, switched into like jeans and like a cool tee and then walked into black nail polish. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. That's great. How long does the degree go for? It's a four-year program. Okay. What's in the degree? I'm just interested because I don't think I've ever thought about doing a pop music degree. That's so cool. Um, Yeah. So what's the sort of program, I guess? Yeah. I mean, it's centered around performance. So there's like a performance class every week and the first year you kind of go over different eras of pop music, starting with 50s rock, and then you move through 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and all the way till now. And you pretty much just like- Oh, that's cool. Learn different elements of what made pop music and their songwriting classes and production classes. And you still get like your general education degree yeah. from a great school. And But yeah, the pop music program was like a little family. And I still work with a ton of people from there. I mean, I met my fiance in the program, so- oh. It was, a, it was a good, good program. That's so great. That's great. Oh my God. So what was your first step out from university then? Well, I actually started touring while I was still in school. So I was not convinced that I was going to finish. Really? So who did you start touring with? My very first tour was with the snowboarder, Sean White. No, oh, you're joking. <laughs> no. What the hell? Like, how did you get in touch with him or how did that how yeah. did he find you? A what friend? Happened? A friend saw an ad for like female keyboard player wanted and they sent it to me and said, hey, if you're interested, saw this ad. Yeah. And I just like went and auditioned, you know, so I made this switch from classical to pop. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know like how I was going to pursue that. And so this one summer, I just was like, OK, I'm going to go on a tour. Like, what does that even mean? And I did it. And I yeah, it was perfect. It was great. <laughs> so then from then on, were you like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to be on tour with artists. I mean, that kind of like opened the door for me. I was still a little bit confused because I was like, I'm playing for someone who's mostly known as a snowboarder, but like the music's pretty cool. Was he pop? I actually, sorry. I actually, it it was kind of, yeah, like pop rock. Okay. Alternative kind of thing. 
Yeah. But like, it's the only tour that I've ever been to Russia on. Oh, (laughs) no, we went to like some cities. I don't even know if I can remember the names of like you weren't just all play just Moscow. It was like, yeah, I think I might mispronounce it. But yeah, Katerinburg is like a city there. I just specifically remember that one because that was the first time I was ever like halfway around the world. (laughs) Wow. That's and that was your first tour. That was my first tour. I traveled a lot as a kid, but I never really traveled by myself. So when I was like, and all these crazy places my mom was like oh my god yeah I was gonna say like were your parents worried were they okay also were you the only female in his band no did you have other okay yeah that was a crazy experience and then I continued on with school and just like slowly but surely especially because I was already in LA just started to kind of meet music directors and other musicians at you know local places and just kind of that's how it blossomed to me that's just wild that your first tour was with Sean White. Was it under his name or what was the name? Like, was it a band? And like- yeah, so the band was called Bad Things and we opened for Fantagram in the US and wow. we opened for 30 Seconds to Mars overseas. Oh my God, are you kidding? That is huge. That's in like wild. massive stadiums. My mind was blown back then. This is your first tour ever. Yeah. I like- was just so blown away and confused and then also like met Jared Leto and like was just in awe. I don't know. Oh. It was just crazy. <laughs> I have to geek out about this because I do also love 30 Seconds to Mars and Fantagram. So would you watch them every night or was it one of those things where you were like, oh, you're tired after the show and like, or were you like, yes, I need to see this show every night? I watched yeah. them a lot of nights. Yeah, I actually probably watched them every night. <laughs> At least part of it. Yeah, for sure. Every night. Yeah. Okay, so then because you were on that tour, did you get booked for other gigs? That gig to me lives in its own separate sphere. <laughs> and I feel like every other gig I've done can kind of lead back to a couple people that I met early on. You know, like some of the music directors that I met or just like some of the musicians I met doing gigs. You know, I I was really happy that USC is in LA because, you know, we could do gigs and go watch gigs and meet people right here. Yeah. 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 My curiosity was when you graduate from like USC with that like degree, they don't like put you in touch with people, right? Like it's kind of more of like, here's your degree. Now you go out and network and meet who you can meet, that type of thing? Yeah, that type of thing. And obviously they encourage you to, you know, collaborate with your class and the people you've met in the program as well. So, you know, people pretty much establish projects of some kind right away. Collaborate. So people that you play with to this day, are some of them people that you were at USC with? Yes. Oh my God. See, that's incredible. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now that we're talking about like you meeting musical directors and stuff, Mm -hmm. was that something that you had on your mind as well? Obviously you're, you're playing keyboard, but did you know that you also wanted to be a music director? No, I had no clue what that was yeah. um, very early on. Um, Actually, you want to explain to the audience as well, because uh, maybe people that are listening um, might, not know, might yeah. not know anything that a music director does. Kind of explain what that role is. Yeah, sure. I consider a music director to be someone who works with an artist to help them with everything from hiring a band, finding a band, to helping them craft live arrangements. And, you know, especially in the pop world, like setting up Ableton sessions and kind of just being the backbone for 
the live show, whether or not they're the music director is playing in the band or not. Being that point person for the artist to lean on when it comes to arranging for a live show. And especially because in pop music, again, for maybe some listeners that might not be familiar with it, and you obviously know this, it's it's not necessarily real drums that are recorded on a pop track. So you have to figure out what the drummer is playing live Mm -hmm. to kind of replicate what that sound is, right? And then other sounds going on in the track and having backing tracks. Like you said, you can work Ableton and Logic and probably all those programs that people want to run the tracks on, which are what the artist is playing over. But then there's still like the live music element of, like you said, like a drummer needs to play over something. Right. Yeah, that's kind of been like one of the things I've been really interested in working in mostly, you know, the pop genre is how do we meld... uh, uh, live instruments and computers in a way that feels really natural, but still use computers to our advantage without it just press and play. <laughs> exactly. Without it feeling like, yeah, like is someone just saying press play and the singer yeah. goes over it. Yeah. 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 So how did you get your first musical director gig then? Who, who booked you? Well, I'll take you back to my first year in college. I studied and was mentored by Patrice Russian, who you might know as a singer of the big song Forget Me Nots from the 80s. And she is an amazing person. She is also like jazz and classically trained. And maybe a couple months into school after I was taking lessons with her, she just kind of looked at me and said, you know, you have the brain of a music director. Mm, And I just kind of looked at her and I was like, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) You know, she kind of explained to me what it is. And, you know, she's one herself. You know, she also said there's not a lot of females doing it right now. So I got really interested. And actually, I think the first person I ever music directed for was in college my friend Malia Savets, who is also blowing up as an artist on her own right now. <laughs> so we <clears throat> were in the pop program together. And I guess I, yeah, I music directed her in college. We put a band together and played at the USC venues. And that was technically the first one. And I'm technically, not technically, I definitely, most definitely am still her music director. <laughs> technically and definitely. <laughs> and a lot of it early on, I think, was just finding the band and kind of just being that mouthpiece in rehearsal like okay let's run this again like what set order do you want like do we want to add an extra chorus here and it all kind of started off really simple because I wasn't really doing a ton of Ableton stuff back in college because you've since done some really big stuff haven't you been musical director for Troy Savan and Daya yeah Daya Daya is probably the one of the bigger names that I've done really hands-on music directing for for Troy I'm I'm more of the band leader so we have a music director that we work with and then when we go on tour, I kind of spearhead anything that has to happen on the road. So as a band leader, that means just to explain to other people, it's different than being the musical director. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, you know, a term is a term, (laughs) however you want to use it. But uh, with Troy in particular, you know, we have rehearsals before a tour and we have a music director who I love. And and then when we're on the road and if we have to, we're adding a new song on a whim or we have a guest or things like that, I kind of, you know, take the reins as far as organizing. Got it. Got uh, it. Doing that. Yeah. And are you playing keys as well in these bands, your musical director, or are you definitely taking a step back with that stuff? So I mostly play keys. Uh, More recently, I've started to take more gigs where I only music direct, which I am finding huge advantages on both (laughs) ends. There are some gigs where it just feels like a lot to play and 
have the MD hat on because you're not only listening to your parts, you're listening to everybody else. Oh, yeah. So it's been really fun to exercise both versions of it just for various artists that I've worked with. I really like doing it and I hope to be doing more of it. I definitely am exercising that muscle and, you know, trying to produce more on my own so that I can bring like more recently I did a live stream show with Dea um, last week and we needed like some cool transitions in between all the songs and stuff. And so that was a chance for me to exercise my production um, muscles a little bit more. That's exactly what I was going to ask because in my band that I was in the Somerset, this was, you know, we all just had to work on together and would try to like come up with these transitions. And so I feel like for like pop artists, so, so that is essentially something that you're in charge of, right? Is doing the like, okay, if you're on tour, you're playing, you know, the opening track into the track number two, but is there going to be a stop or is there going to be a like transition into it? And you're in charge of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that stuff is just super exciting to me because then I just really feel like that's when you're creating this whole piece, like this 45 minute set that has a start and an end and you're paintbrushing through the whole thing. Oh my God. I can't believe we can't tour right now. I know. <laughs> like, talking about it, I'm sure is making us all it's the same with me. I'm like, oh my God, I miss it so much. And I'm sure for you, you're like, damn. Yeah. But you've been playing a lot. Like you said, you just did this kind of live stream thing with Daya last week, right? Mm-hmm. So you've been, And have you been doing that with other artists as well? Is this something that you've been doing through quarantine, doing live stream shows? This was the first live live thing that I've done since COVID hit. Yeah, but I've done some like pre-recorded stuff stuff which has been really fun yeah obviously just not the same as it normally is but but I'm happy to I'm happy to have even had a little bit of musical interaction with people I actually have a question are you working on each song in particular with like by yourself or is Daya also like yeah like can you do this or do that or is it mostly you since you're the musical director I would say normally you know I'll come to her with ideas and kind of send her stuff ahead of time or like we'll have a chat or a FaceTime or something and we'll kind of talk about the goals and like you know what's songs are we doing for the show and is there kind of a general order that we're going to do things in and then I'll kind of like give her some of my ideas and then you know she'll give them back to me I just really prioritize having that open conversation with the artist because it is their music and it's their show and I just want to be a mouthpiece for them as opposed to like me needing to put like my stamp on it like I'm not at that point (laughs) yet (laughs) yeah sometimes I'm like you know what I think one chorus sounds better but if they want to do two let's do two like that that kind of that kind of moment like exactly yeah. yeah yeah totally you have played so many different types of like you've done Saturday Night Live you've done the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon you've done the Ellen Show you've done Good Morning America you've literally done all of the biggest late night and morning television shows that you can do and daytime television shows do you prepare differently for those types of shows than you do for like a normal show on tour or or do you feel like that's kind of just the same type of like okay we're just going to play a show I like that question. Most of the time I've done TV, it's kind of been in a tour cycle. So it kind of just feels like just a different kind of show. Yeah. So you don't do much differently then as far as the way you're playing the songs for the television shows? SNL was definitely a different experience because I don't think, yeah, that wasn't really part of a of a tour cycle with Troy. We definitely rehearsed for like five days straight in LA and we only rehearsed the two songs that we were right. going to perform. Yeah, which was amazing, by the way. I actually was watching that. I love that performance. That was so much fun. I like to think I don't get as nervous as I used to, but I was nervous for that one. <laughs> 
I mean, it's Saturday Night Live. How do you not get nervous? Even if it's like, oh, you've played a million shows in your life, that's still such a different, ca- right? Like it's a different. It was I feel like also one of those moments where the red lights on the camera, and I'm. <laughs> I think it was also one of our show with Troy was one of the first where SNL aired live on both coasts, oh. as opposed to just on the East Coast. I think we were like one of the first, like the earliest shows when they did that. Um, so like I see the red light and I'm like oh my god mom dad you're on the other side <laughs> for real hi dad you're watching me right now yeah that one in particular we definitely rehearsed to the bone but yeah most yeah. of the other TV I've done I think has just kind of fallen within a tour cycle so so it doesn't feel much different yeah that's amazing I mean I think I would literally freak out being on the Ellen show just because I I love Ellen that didn't really give you too much like nerves doing that you've done that a few times right yeah Ellen I've done a couple times yeah I mean there's definitely like a different set of nerves just because even just like hearing like the countdown you know there's producers and like a bunch of camera people like it definitely does feel like a different environment you know it's not a crowd that's screaming for every single song kind of moment yeah yeah I I think it just took some practice and I think after a while it just kind of becomes a mental game like yes like I know the song like I know the single it's just kind of more mental preparation and then for for instance for Good Morning America I want to know how early early are you up for those? <laughs> it's early. It's early. I haven't done a morning show actually in a pretty long time, but it's early. It's like a, oh, it's oh. like a 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. Oh, that's yeah. horrible. I think I did several morning shows with Rita Ora when I was doing a lot of performances with her. I remember specifically me and the two background singers I was really close with on that tour. You know, we'd do the early morning show and be back in our hotel by like 10 a.m. and then just yeah. be like, should we go get brunch or something? Like we have nothing to do the rest <laughs> yeah, of the day. It's done. <laughs> How did you get booked for something like Rita Ora or even Miley Cyrus? You played with Miley Cyrus, uh, Fifth Harmony, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, you've yeah. done so many of them. Like, yeah. How do they find you? Or, or it's word of, word of mouth? It's definitely word of mouth within the music directors that work for those artists. The music director for Rita reached out to me. Can't remember if that was an audition or not. But then when I got hired by Troy, I auditioned super early on. And then the music director I work with on Troy is Miley's music director. So there you go. Oh, that's so, kind of how that worked. Right, right. Yeah, it's um, interesting, isn't it? It's all about connections in, in that world, in all the worlds. But Well, and specifically music directors, which I think this is why I'm so happy to have you on the show because we have not yet had a music director. Yeah. And I don't think the general audience that goes to a show doesn't realize that there is someone that's behind the scenes putting together the show or someone that is in charge of it. It doesn't seem like it's something that people would go directly to think about. Though. Yeah, and I, I think, at least in my experience, Experience. I've seen music directors work more with artists as opposed to bands. Yes, yeah. Because I feel like a lot of the times bands kind of do that on their own already. But I still know MDs that work with bands too. I, it's not definitely not exclusive in that way, but um, yeah. I think because in the pop world specifically, it is necessary to have someone that can hear a song and be like, this is what needs to be played live. And this is something, you know, I'm looking forward to as I music direct for, you know, bigger and bigger tours. Once you have the lighting team and the props team and the dance team, like you just kind of need like representatives from each group to be able to kind of talk together to make sure that everything's flowing 
it's really fun and really interesting to work with artists who have never toured or never played with a band before. And I'm really like starting to relish oh, that's that cool, feeling. Yeah, because yeah, you're really showing them the ropes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy because it's like, man, I really want to make this first experience really positive, which right. I also have to mention, I think that half of the job is finding the right people to play for artists. To play yeah, for artists and to be able to tour with them. The personality. Yeah. personality, huge thing. Absolutely. You know, like age range. Like it depends on like, you know, what the artist is looking for. Have you done any big gigs in the Philippines? I have. I I did a show with Troy in the Philippines and then I did a show with Fifth Harmony in the Philippines too. Oh Oh my God, God, it would have been crazy. Jess has done one and I've seen the footage. It is like the people are going bonkers. Like, do you have that insane? My mom came to the Fifth Harmony one. Oh, and that was was cool. That was just like surreal. My mom did the same thing when my band finally got like, we got booked in the Philippines and we did the first one was in 2012 and she was like, yeah, I'm coming out and like, oh my God, my grandma grandparents came to the show my whole and you know how it is like in the philippine culture right like i had all of my cousins there i've got like 15 cousins i've got like 30 like second cousins people that are like you know what i mean like everyone comes to the show that you're like related to and (laughs) that means they're basically taking up like your entire guest list i mean i'm not kidding you i had like 100 people on the guest (laughs) oh my gosh oh my god that's so many yeah there was definitely just like a row of my relatives (laughs) right and i like i think i got like troy fans tweeting at me like i think karina's family was in the second row. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Because then the fans get so excited too. They're like, oh my God, this this person's family is here. Yeah. And they wanted to, like my mom was taking pictures with fans and I was like, how did ever anyone even know you? And she's like, I don't know. I just like mentioned your name once and then someone asked if I was your mom and I was taking pictures. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It really is great. I love playing in the Philippines because A, you get treated so well. When you get taken over there, you're staying in like the best places, right? Like you're yeah. getting so taken care of. And then the fans also are just so appreciative of you being there. It's like you feel like you're in the Beatles. I felt like I was part of like the Beatles or like I was just I'm Justin Bieber or something. <laughs> yeah, I definitely felt that way. Like with both Troy and Fifth Harmony, they both have such dedicated fans that yeah. I definitely felt that uh, energy. <laughs> Isn't it great? It's amazing. Had you been to the Philippines before playing like, you know, because you your your mom's from there. Had you been there to visit before or was that? Like, yeah, the- I'd only been I- once before in high school yeah and early high school was the first time I had ever been and then you went back just playing shows yeah yeah Obviously, it's still the beginning of the year and we're trying to figure out if touring is going to come back or, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Obviously, it's still up in the air. But do you have any plans right now with the artists you're working with as far as even doing, you know, like you just were doing um, live stream stuff? Like what what's going on currently with you? If any other live stream or like, you know, recording opportunities come up for performances, I'm definitely saying yes. But uh, I have actually decided to focus for my own personal time on production more. My fiance is a producer and a writer. And so we've kind of just had some nights in our studio where I'll kind of work on a project and then just like get his feedback on it. And it's just been really fun to kind of get in touch with that part of me. And as I was kind of mentioning earlier, like I already see it informing my music directing. I'm just really excited for that. So you're writing music to release or you're not really sure you're just playing around at the moment? No. Yeah, writing like for an artist project for myself has never really been a priority for me. I'm not saying it won't be, but I just really love working for other artists. But, you know, I'll just like make some tracks and and just like 
try out different plugins and just get to know our home studio. What are you guys using mostly at your home studio? Are you doing Ableton then or Logic or? We are an Ableton house. Okay. Yeah. And is he Ableton or or you Ableton? He started on Logic kind of moved to Ableton later on. Yeah, we had the amazing opportunity to build a home studio when we moved into our house. And whenever COVID is done, would love for you guys to come check it out because we got my baby grand piano from childhood oh, is in here. Beautiful. And uh, yeah, it's a really fun space we've created. Oh, you've got uh, a bit of space in. Yeah, yeah. It's been really nice. Fun. Are you going to try to do some more like live stuff as far as like, you know, if I were to want to bring my drum set in there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Oh, I love that. Okay. Love yeah. it. Oh, yeah, we're definitely looking to see, especially in this age of live streaming and remote performances, like how we can do higher quality streams here at the house and, and host people and, and things like that. So Yeah, and so gigs going forward, any booked or is everyone sort of on hold? Like I know some people have rebooked and now they've canceled again. So Yeah, every, everything's on hold for the people that I work with, you know, which is kind of a bummer, but because I think also like a lot of artists aren't going to want to like book stuff and then reschedule and then reschedule. Well, now we have a very exciting moment where we will do a quiz. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> don't be scared of it. Please don't be scared of it. We promise it's very easy. Yeah, okay, very great. I will ask the first question. Dogs or cats? Mm, gotta go dogs. I have two. I you have two dogs? I have two dogs. Well, what kind? They're both pretty mix. Our oldest dog, his name is Rhodes. Yes, Rhodes like Fender Rhodes. Oh! Yeah, that's <laughs> cool. Amazing. That's very cool. It's like I must highlight my dogs on a music podcast. We did the Wisdom Panel DNA test and he's like a mix of like 13 different breeds, but we <laughs> thought he was like a shepherd dachshund mix and it turns out he's like 20% Chihuahua, 20% Pomeranian and 20% like very athletic dog and then everything else is like very much. Like random. Very random. <laughs> but, How big um, is he? He's like 40 pounds. No way. Oh, God. And yeah. a chihuahua mix. Oh, we just call him our big chihuahua. Our other dog we is a COVID dog. Oh, yeah. Um, her name is Whirly, as in Whirly. Whirly. <gasps> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> So we have Rhodes and Whirly, and they are so sweet. Whirly is a pit bull mix, and we got her pretty early in quarantine because we are both hosts and nurturers, and we were like, we need to nurture a puppy right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, got the oh, two of them. That's the time to do it. You got time to be home and establish some routines. Yeah, we got her, like, in June. So she's already, like, grown and you oh, know, wow. doesn't need us anymore. Oh, oh my They have, like, a two year age difference about oh Aww. my god that makes me second question whiskey or vodka whiskey yes wow. and that's what i am drinking Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. jamison and water i drink because it's good for the hangover yeah. <laughs> but yeah otherwise i would probably drink a bourbon but what's your go-to whiskey drink straight yeah, <laughs> on, on the rocks <laughs> bourbon like what do you like bourbon? oh yeah i like bourbon yeah my fiance is a cocktail connoisseur so i get treated to oh. craft cocktails at home there nice. you go there you go very fun well, but we've been on actually a big gin kick so been drinking oh a lot God. of mar- martinis and uh like gnts I used to drink a lot of Woodford after shows. Oh, yeah, Woodford nice. Reserve's great. Yeah. It's so great. It just kind of became the post-show go 
go-to. But more recently, we've discovered this company. I really hope I remember the name. Willet, Willet okay. or something. Right. And they make, I think it's a bourbon, but it kind of drinks like a rye. And it's called Rowan's Creek. Ooh. And it is so good. Next question is me. So beach or snow? Mm, beach. Yeah. yeah. I, I, From, say- I grew up in San Diego. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're a beach yeah. girl. Yeah. And also, let's be real, the beaches in the Philippines, if you're talking about like wanting to go see yeah, like, beautiful. amazing beaches, the Philippines has amazing beaches. Absolutely. I was able to do like a quick side trip day on one of the tours I was on, but I've, I want to, I need to spend more time there. Oh my God. Same, honestly, though. Like, I feel like I've only been to like Barakai and then like Tagaytay. See, but I've not, never even been there. Oh, <laughs> I haven't been to the Philippines. Dude, we'll go together. Okay. <laughs> okay <laughs> great. When COVID ends, you're just going to be like, COVID ends, I'll be like, Karina, let's go. Yeah, great. <laughs> we'll take our mom. We'll be like, my mom, your mom, let's go. Yeah, perfect, perfect. <laughs> that would be cool. Uh, all right, next question. Headline or opener as a music director? Would you prefer to be the music director of a headliner or an opener? Oh my God. <laughs> you're like, I'll take all the gigs. <laughs> well, you can I mean, give us I, the, ex- the pros and cons of both. Or, or maybe of why you can't decide. I think because I've ha- had the opportunity to do both, it's like there is something so fresh and new about MDing for an opener. I yeah. And is that because they're maybe newer to the scene? Well, not necessarily. Yeah. I guess just like some of the tours that I've sent on an opening act or to be an opening act. It's just been like very pure and new. But also like when you're the headliner, like everything's just so big and bold. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're at the headliner. Like yeah, it's, exactly. It's production, right? Yeah. yeah. So the last question, what do you like to put on your writer? <gasps> the Woodford. <laughs> yes, the Woodford. Woodford, that's it. Yeah, Woodford and red wine. Those are always the things that we're in like a big email and like the TM or whatever. We'll be like, what do you guys want to add? And everyone's like, oh, this healthy stuff. And I'm like, mm, Woodford and red wine. Oh, I always put like fruit and chips. Yes. Yeah, yeah get some to be healthy. I try to be healthy on tour. Oh, avocados. I always like make avo toast on the bus. Oh, that's nice. We, yeah. I, I have that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Avocados are a great one to have on the rider. Or like peanut butter banana toast after shows. That was a big one on the tour tour for us like one person per night would just like make one make a toast for everyone just give it give you your booze and you're happy (laughs) karina thank you so so much for doing this we cannot tell you how excited we were to have you on you were amazing and for everyone that's listening and to like follow you can you give us your instagram your facebook twitter whatever whatever you're like most active on yeah everything is just my first and last name except for instagram is at she plays d piano shout out to one of my best friends Zoe for giving me that handle back in high school oh you're joking Um, lucky you didn't change instruments I know right (laughs) Um, and then my website is just karinadpiano.com my twitter is karinadpiano and don't really use my facebook anymore so yeah well that's cool everyone knows where to find you and if anyone needs a musical director who's like the world's best contact you (laughs) love it I love it seriously thank you so much for chatting with us you were amazing you are just like an icon, honestly. Really Aww. great chatting with you. So thank you for doing this. And we will definitely talk. Hopefully see you like when things get back to normal. It'd be nice to like go grab a drink or something. That would be great. Thank you both for having me. It was such a fun conversation. I'm ready to keep talking to you guys. It's so fun. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's been a, an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.